You're listening to Under One Roof, a Covenant House Vancouver production. Under One Roof is your opportunity to hear conversations with subject matter experts on a variety of social justice and public policy issues. Covenant House Vancouver is dedicated to serving all youth with absolute respect and unconditional love, helping youth experiencing homelessness and protecting and safeguarding all youth in need. Please note that the views of our guests do not necessarily reflect the board, management, or staff here at Cover House Vancouver. And now, Under One Roof. Welcome to Under One Roof. My name is Jennifer Hall, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Today we'll be talking about the programs and services provided here at Covenant House Vancouver. And joining me in studio for this month's discussion is John Harvey, Chief Program Officer right here at Covenant House. John has been with Covenant House for 17 years. He is past chair of ShelterNet BC, now known as Homelessness Services Association of BC. And he's also a member of the Metro Vancouver Reaching Home Community Advisory Board, tasked with allocating federal funding to address homelessness, and he was recently appointed to the National Housing Council. Welcome to the program, John. Thank you. The first thing I'd like to explore, John, are some of the misconceptions about Covenant House Vancouver, most notably the fact that many see us as a shelter, first and foremost. Could you please give our listeners a sense of the overall scope of our agency? So when you think about a shelter, what do you think about? What comes to mind when you think about a shelter? Um, oftentimes what comes to mind are lineups, uh, people on the lined up on the sidewalk waiting to get into a shelter. You think about short-term stays. You think about having to daily register to get into the shelter. And you talk about uh, minimal services. We are interested in Covenant House and supporting youth to meet their aspirations and goals. As such, we have a carefully designed continuum of care that is designed to meet the variety of needs for homeless youth ages 16 to 24. They range from outreach and drop-in services to our crisis program, to our, uh, which is a short-term residential stay uh, program. We have our Rights of Passage, which is a longer-term supportive housing program for youth, um, along with an array of other support services uh, for youth. So we are not a shelter. Um, We're much more than that. Okay. Does that array of programs include things like mental health counseling and emotional support as well? Yeah. So uh, the we have a a uh, what we have a professional case management team, and they we, they are um, uh, social workers. And we have a, uh, a team of clinical counselors who provide clinical support to youth. Uh, we have a, all of our staff are, are credentialed, uh, youth workers, um, and who are equipped to be able to support and meet the needs of youth um, when they come in um, for support and for help. In describing our scope as an agency, I noticed that you use the term continuum of care. Could you help unpack what that means for our listeners, please? When you think about homeless youth, uh, we have to remember that homeless youth uh, is not a homogeneous population. I mean, there's no one type of of homeless youth. Um, They they come with a variety of needs, and they come from a variety of backgrounds, and come with a variety of... uh, 
of uh, experiences. Homeless youth are, are come from every walk of life. Um, they are diverse as the general population um, that you would think about uh, in terms of gender, in terms of uh, uh, ethnicity, in terms of some of the challenges and issues that they, they are confronted with. I'd such, it's only right then if we understand that they are a diverse population that we take a one-size-fits-one approach to working with with, that, uh, with youth when they come into our services. I'd such, we have we have carefully we have designed carefully a continuum of care that will allow us to meet the needs of the youth wherever they may be on their journey um, in life um, in their home and uh, uh, as they're moving away from the streets. So we have uh, our continuum of care. You know, if you want to think about it as being linear. Um, we have our outreach and drop-in services. So we have our services out on the streets. We meet youth right on the street where they're at um, and provide the, the care that they need at that time. And the goal is to maintain, to build a relationship and to get them to think about coming to us um, and our drop-in services or other services, but to get them, to get them off the street and inside. And then we have our drop-in services, which is, again, meeting the immediate needs of youth um, and, and, and making sure they're fed, making sure that they have uh, somebody they can talk to, somewhere they can be warm. Uh, and then uh, the continuum moved up into our crisis program, which is, uh, again, short-term uh, stage for youth, um, where youth can, be, uh, can stay for as long as they want, there is no length of stay requirement, but if they if they do choose to come in, um, they will have a bed. They will be assigned a, a worker, and they can stay as long as they want, um, assuming they're working on a plan of some kind. Um, and then we have the rights of passage program, which is uh, our our uh, long term supportive housing uh, program, and. There is no length of stay. In theory, a young person could go into the Rites of Passage when they're 16 years old, and then uh, when they turn 25, um, they would move out. So that uh, they can spend up to eight years. That doesn't happen. They, uh, they you know, usually around two or three years, what they're looking for. Um, but again, you know, the, the array of services. And while they're getting those services, each one is on a, a specifically designed plan. Uh, that will help them achieve their goals and ambitions, whatever they may be. So it sounds like along that continuum, there are many different points of access for young people, depending on what their needs are. And we, as you said, meet them where they're at to help them along that, that path. Exactly. So, okay. I mean, it, you know, I, I talked about it as being a continuum, but it, it, you know, youth will come in wherever they want it and, and, and will get the services um, that are best for their needs. And the youth know their need best. You know, they, they, they know what they want. And our job is to come alongside of them and say, okay, and work with them to get them where they want to go. Um, yeah. Great. As an agency, I know that Covenant House has put a sizable focus on values. And I wonder if you could share with listeners what it means to be a values-based agency. It's a great question. Um, we exist, Covenant House exists 
to safeguard and protect homeless youth in need. That's our, that's our reason for being. But the manner in which we choose to deliver those services is under the overarching values of unconditional love and absolute respect. Now those are unconditional love and absolute respect. And to say that we're going to deliver services and deliver our care with unconditional love and absolute respect is somewhat audacious. You know, if you think about it, you know, we think about unconditional love and that we, we, we provide or we, we give unconditional love to those that we hold closest and dearest to us. Our wives, our husbands, brothers, sisters, children. And think about how often we fail at doing that to the people who are most closest to us, to the people who are that we care most about. And yet we aspire and we hold ourselves to account that we will serve homeless youth in Vancouver with unconditional love. Um, alongside of that, we will provide absolute respect. And what do we mean by that? Absolute not partial respect, not a little bit of respect, not the best we can do, absolute respect. Um, and again, it's audacious. It means that any young person who comes through our doors, who comes through our doors looking for help, looking for support, looking for to have their needs met, they will be met as an individual valued human being who is respected completely for who they are regardless of the story, regardless of how they're presenting, regardless of how they talk to me. Um, they will be treated with absolute respect, and they will be no different as if the Queen of England were to walk through our doors. And again, that's, it's aspirational, and as much as it is um, uh, a discipline that we subscribe to. And we hold ourselves accountable to that on a daily basis. You say that it's audacious and aspirational, but it also sounds inspirational to me. Hmm. In addition to being a values-based agency, we're also an agency that is guided by a set of principles. Could you explain what those principles are and how they're applied in our day-to-day -day work at Covenant House? Yeah, we have, we have five that we talk about all the time and they inform everything that we do at Covenant House, everything. And, you know, the five principles are immediacy, sanctuary, value communication, structure, and choice. You know, immediacy, you know, when a young person comes into uh uh, come, come through our doors. They will meet a friendly face. They will meet uh, somebody who will ask them what their name is, um, what, what can we do for them, what are the needs, and we will get them what they need, whether it be a shower, whether it be clean clothes, medical attention, or a safe place to be. And we will do that immediately. 
And we will do that to ensure that the youth comes in and, and has the most basic need met as soon as possible. Sanctuary is about safety. Sanctuary is recognizing that youth who have uh, been on the streets have been victimized. Uh, they've experienced various levels of trauma. And when a youth comes in, we want them to know that they are safe and secure and that they are going to be cared for and they're going to be absolutely respected. And they will get what they need um, in a safe environment, both emotionally and physically, socially. Value communication is about leading by example to demonstrate caring relationships that are based on love, trust, respect, and honesty. And it's hard because, you know, when, when a young person comes in, you know, they, 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 they want to uh, get their needs met, and sometimes they, they will feel a need to not trust us. Which is probably because of the experiences that they've had. Exactly. They, they don't have a reason to trust an adult because often the adults in their lives have been the very people who have let them down. You're exactly right. You know, trust, trust is built on, on, on experience. Trust is built on relationships. And if they don't have a relationship with, with us, which is oftentimes the case, why would they trust us? So... You know, it's reasonable. It's a reasonable question. Why would a youth trust it? So the idea for us is: as we provide a safe environment, as we meet the needs immediately, as we build that trust over time, then we start having open and honest conversations um, that need to happen. Uh, safe conversations, um, structure. It's about providing the stability and structure to provide you know the environment for the youth to know uh, what to expect. If we, we've all, even for those, you know, for all of us who've uh, who've had kids or been around kids or been around youth, we know that the parameters structure are important for helping youth know what to expect. Um, youth need to know what their expectations are. They need to know where the boundaries are. They don't necessarily will like the boundaries. They will test the boundaries. That's what youth do, and that's in fact that's kind of what their job is as growing up to test the boundaries uh, and know that uh, they're there, and then know that the people who care for them are going to enforce and reinforce those boundaries, whatever that looks like. And the paradox, of course, is that you know, uh, for especially for young people, is that you, you're, you're getting in my way, man. <laughs> but at the same time, they they will appreciate over time that they know that those boundaries exist. And as they test them and perhaps make mistakes, we'll still be there to exactly. support them. Exactly. Um, just like we do at our, in our own homes, with our children test the boundaries, um, they're part of the family. And, and the same with the youth here who, who come to us. They will test the boundaries and we will continue to work with them. And their choice. You know, and the idea of choices fostering confidence, allowing youth to make choices, to believe in themselves, making informed choices for their lives. Um, the youth, 
the youth are not always going to make the right choices. And so what we need to do is provide the environment for the youth to test those choices, succeed and celebrate those successes when they do well, and when they, when they make choices that are, um, uh, that are not the best decisions, and then we come alongside of them and say, okay, well, how can we do better? Mm-hmm. What did we learn? Uh, and, and what do we need to do to, to get it back on track? Okay. So all of the principles that you've just mentioned, immediacy, sanctuary, value communication, structure, and choice, are all delivered within the, the framework of absolute respect and unconditional love that you mentioned mm-hmm. a minute ago. That's right. Okay. So you have to... You, you have to they work in tandem, and you know we spend a lot of time talking about it. Um, and we staff on the front lines, um, and it informs all that we do. And you know, as with any human endeavor, we don't always get it right, um, and we have to accept that, and we have to learn ourselves. The gracious thing about uh, about all that is the youth are very forgiving, you know, and and it, it, it's not as if they're expecting perfection either. And so the youth are gracious when we make our mistakes, and we, sometimes we we have to uh, learn ourselves. Never mind. Sometimes we have to learn a lot. It's always a learning experience. Um, but they 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 need to be in front of us, and and they need to be things that we think about all the time. Uh, because the youth, the youth deserve it, uh, and we talk about uh, we don't we talk about the youth now. But uh, the other thing is that all these principles and values apply to our staff as well. How we work with one another, how we talk to one another, how we support one another, and you know, the, again, if that provides an, an overarching um, uh, sense of safety within the organization. If, you know, if you walk into a home that you feel safe, everybody feels safe, not just the kids. The kids feel safe because the parents feel safe. and the parents feel safe, then the kids feel safe. And mm-hmm. it's a reciprocal thing going on. Symbiotic Symbiotic thing going yeah. on, yes. So, John, I'm, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and focus now on our delivery methodology. What are some of the steps that we take here at Covenant House Vancouver to ensure that the young people who come to us for help are receiving the kinds of supports and services that they need? Yeah. So anybody who's worked with young people for any length of time will know that it's all about relationships. If you don't have a relationship, if you don't take the time to develop a relationship, um, you're not going to be much used and you're not going to be very effective um, in working with uh, with that youth. So when a young person comes through our doors, you think about what the, what the journey looks like for the, for the young person. It's imperative that when a young person walks through the door, they see a friendly face, a smiling face. Somebody who's going to stop and ask the youth, good to see you, how are you? What's your name? What can I do for you? And then the relationship starts building from there. They come in, they meet other other youth workers, they meet other staff, they meet other youth. um, And, you know, we just simply keep it simple uh, at that level. 
there are youth who are going to need, who have very simple needs and don't want a lot of, uh, they're not asking for a lot just now. So, you know, they may want something as simple as a meal. They may just want to sit in front of the TV in the drop-in center and just watch TV, be warm, um, be dry. And, you know, they may want some clothes, whatever the case may be. We'll just take care of those immediate needs, and, and, and it's as simple as that. There are youth who are far more complex, who have far more complex care needs. Um, so, you know, what we do for all, all of our youth is, again, meet them where they're at, one side fits one. And what that, for the youth that are, that are more complex and have more complex care needs, starting with building the relationship, but also then, you know, if they choose to come in and start putting a plan together, then we start doing assessments. Then we start doing, uh, um, uh, determining what their, what their concerns are, what their needs are, and putting a plan together. And that plan will govern all that we do with that individual youth, whatever that looks like. You mentioned at the top that the young people who come to us are very diverse and all have different needs. I think one of the things that might unite them is that they've all experienced trauma in some form. How does that impact how we deliver our services? Yeah, so if you're homeless, I've said this many times before, if you're homeless, whether you're homeless for a few hours or whether you've been homeless for a extended period of time, you have experienced some some level of trauma. And the research shows that um, you know homeless youth um, end up on the street because of violence at home, unsafe homes, um, uh, discrimination. Um, it's a variety of reasons, um, th- but they all contribute to the trauma to the trauma that a youth uh, is living with. So that has to inform everything that we do. So when a young person comes in. You know, we, we have to recognize that they have been traumatized. So, again, the friendly face, the warm, safe environment. So the youth walk through the door, they know that the place feels safe, it is safe, um, and the staff are, are kind and caring. Um, and then build the plan so that the youth can be successful. Meaning that we don't ask, we're not asking the youth to change everything all in one fell swoop. Oftentimes, what one thing you want to start working on? And if youth is ready to work on more than one thing, fine. But that we start with one, and then we move on to another item, another action item, uh, or I'd rebuild this plan. Um, that actually leads us nicely into the next question I wanted to ask you, which is while a young person is accessing our programs and services, what kind of expectations do we have of them? So we don't apologize for the fact that we have high expectations of youth. You know, youth have ambitions. They have their ambitions. You know, one of the one of the the I've worked with youth for thirty five years, and I have yet to meet a youth who says I want to be homeless. Um, no, they have ambitions for their life. They have things that they want to do. They have goals. They have aspirations. 
Um, and they are not afraid of, of, of meeting the expectations and the high expectations that are, that, they, uh, that are expected of them. They will meet them, but they have to do it in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment where they feel safe. They have to do it in an environment where they feel that they, they're not going to be judged, they're going to be respected. They have to do it in an, an environment where they, they, they know that they can make some mistakes and that we can pick it up and go from there. So we expect youth, when they come in to Covenant House and, and start working with our staff and working on their goals, that we expect them to be respectful of others. We expect them that they're going to make mistakes. We also expect that they're going to learn from their mistakes. We, we understand and we all know that making mistakes is a normal part of learning as a human being. And it's a part of life and it's part of learning. We believe that we believe in the capacity and the ability of youth to rise above their circumstances. And by holding them accountable, um, that will enable them to uh, to move ahead, and what that looked like, it doesn't, you know, it, 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 it's 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 as simple as a conversation. It can be as simple as a conversation. Hey, you know what? Uh, you didn't come back last night. What was that about? Um, and then the conversation goes from there. Um, or, amount of more, if the youth would be disrespectful in the space, you know. Um, being disrespectful to others, being disrespectful to staff, and again pulling them aside and saying, "Look, at, you know that's not okay. You, you know you don't want to be treated that way, and you know you can't be treating others that way." Those are the normal conversations that happen with youth uh, all the time. But the staff, by virtue of calling their calling their attention to those issues, is, is, is a level of accountability, and and staff will will, will reinforce those expectations. That's the boundaries we were talking about earlier. And it also comes back to the value communication principle that you mentioned earlier. So it's not a surprise to the youth who are here. There's a there's an understanding and an expectation based on those principles as exactly. well. Exactly. And you know you know, it's it, it's fairly straightforward. Nobody wants to be treated that way. They don't want to be treated that way. It's not as if the youth don't get it. But again, uh, we you know we've all had to learn in our own things and that's part of the learning. Um, but it's non judgmental. It's not about passing judgment. It's about making sure that the youth understand what's okay, what's not okay, and that they will be held accountable for it. Uh, so that feeds into the expectations. Um, we want to support youth to be able to make the best, healthy, informed decisions for their lives. Um, and we can do that in an environment where where they understand what the, what the boundaries look like. Okay. A final question I'd like to ask, and one I think that listeners might appreciate me asking, is how do we know that we are making a difference? It's a great question, and it's a question that we should all be asking ourselves um, when we are providing services in the manner that we do. So... There are, two, there are two aspects to the answer in that question. The first one is that, you know, obviously we need to measure what we do. Now, Covenant House, we've been, we've been measuring uh, our, 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 our services with a set of key performance indicators and outcomes for about, I don't know, 
12 years now, uh, 10 to 12 years. Um, and what they are is that they're simple metrics that we that we report on on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, annual basis, um, to make sure that we're delivering the services in the manner that we 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 want to. And we're accountable to our board. We're accountable to uh, our staff. We're accountable to our donor public. Um, to ensure that we're delivering the services that we say that we're delivering. We measure outcomes. We have a, a set of 12 outcomes that we track, uh, and we make sure that we are on track with those. And those are, you know, uh, targets. We have targets and, 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 uh, and various means of, uh, of tracking those, those uh, metrics. But there's also another aspect of, of measuring uh, our, our whether or not we're making a difference, and that's with the feedback we get from the youth. You know, 90 percent, 90, 90 plus percent of our youth let us know that the, the Covenant House is making a difference for them and that they have a, a greater sense of hope for their for the, for the lives after being with a Covenant House and working with our staff. And what that looked like is, you know, for, for the youth who are, uh, who are feeling more hopeful and feeling that the Covenant House has made a difference for them is that they, they stay with us. They continue to work their plans. And they tell staff. They tell staff in the moment. Sometimes we get letters and emails, and, and sometimes people would just come through the doors and say, you know, it's, it's, somebody, it's so-and-so around. Can I talk to them? Um, sometimes the youth will come back, and in fact, we do have some youth who come back and are, and are given back to Covenant House years after the fact. Um, and they talk about the difference the Covenant House made for them. Um, and while we can't necessarily de design our services, and while we can't necessarily rely on just on that anecdotal feedback, it is important feedback. We can't ignore that. Um, and it certainly provides us with the feedback that's important to know that um, we're making a difference. So in addition to the, the metrics, the, the sort of clinical side of, of measuring outcomes, there's also the anecdotal stories, the stories of, of success, of increased hope, of young people coming and paying it forward, as it were, exactly. to, to help out. Exactly. That's inspiring. And, and, and both important. I mean, let's just say, now obviously, from a business side of it, we, we, need to try, we, need, we need our metrics. We need to measure what we do. We need to be accountable for what we say we're doing. We also need to, be, to understand where we need to improve, and we need to understand what we need to do more of, and we need to understand maybe where we need to shift our priorities, et cetera, et cetera. That comes from operating those metrics. But how do we know that we're providing unconditional love and absolute respect? That comes from the from the from the from the feedback we get from the youth. Um, and there's no I, what I was going to say. There's no merger in that. And it, it, it's almost true. Um, but the feedback to get from the youth, and and and, and, and I know that it's, it's important. Uh, because it, it really makes the mission come alive. I think that's a positive 
note to end on that the mission comes alive when we hear about increased hope from young people. Thanks. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this month's episode of Under One Roof. I'd like to thank my guest, John Harvey, Chief Program Officer, for joining me. And until next time, I'm Jennifer Hall. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Under One Roof, a Covenant House Vancouver production. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, please email us at publicaffairs at covenanthousebc.org. For more information on Covenant House Vancouver or to make a donation, please visit our website at www.covenanthousebc.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.